Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. To our amazing sponsors and our amazing listeners, thank you for your support. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. We have two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. We would love you to give them a listen. The Abstract Doctors Podcast with Dr. G and Dr. C. And One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms or check out our websites. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Very excited about the podcast today as I speak with an amazing artist, a former competitive Nordic skier and Harvard graduate, Hannah Hardenberg. We're going to chat about her amazing journey with her art and how it is truly flourishing. Also going to talk about her competitive Nordic skiing career, including her time at Harvard. Make sure to stop by her site on Instagram with mountains in mind. Let's welcome Hannah Hardenberg. Hey. Hi. How the hell are you? Good. I'm good. How are you doing? I actually just got done teaching, so I'm kind of wired. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. Yeah in a weird way i'm recording by the way i always start boom right in so um, good just so you know um thank you for doing this i think this is actually really kind of cool and fun just because of how we met or were introduced to each other um yeah and and i think you like fit like right in like in a lot of ways to what we are talking about and and trying to preach in some ways um and so like this, I always, I always say this at the beginning of podcasts, but this is like your platform. So I'm just kind of here to like throw ideas around. So, yeah, that um, sounds great. But yeah. I, you know, first of all, you went to Harvard, so I'm going to feel like an idiot through this entire <laughs> conversation. You know, every time someone asks me where I go to, where I went to school, it's such a loaded conversation. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, but it, I, you know, like that's kind of badass. Um, I loved it. I, I, I mean, I feel really lucky to have gone there. Yeah. So yeah, it gave me a lot. But was that, I, you know, like, so you went there and you studied, um, art ish. I mean, like it's, it's an interesting, what's the name? Like, I, like, I like read again, see the name of the actual degree. Um, um it was a I, BA I can, in, in. Yeah, I can in, tell you it was a BA in American history and literature. Right which is sort of a niche department. It does. It was kind of a, a mosh posh of like English and history. Right. Um, and then my minor was in essentially studio art, but they call it, the department's name is visual and environmental studies. Yeah. That's the one that I was like, Whoa, what is that? Like, yeah. That's, but you also, why well, I think again, like this is an interesting conversation. You were on the ski team. At I was the Nordic and, ski team. Right. And so, you know, first of all, like, you you grew up in Colorado, which like is um, makes me jealous. Um, <laughs> I but how it. did you get to Harvard? Like, I mean, because I mean, I mean, obviously, like you're very intelligent because that's obviously 
the first thing you have to beat, but to also like think that you wanted to be on this, you know, on the, the ski team, like was, was that like, where did that fit into your levels of, of interest? Like you obviously went to Harvard for academics, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's fun to talk about that because it is so related to athletics and skiing for me. Um, it is okay. That's interesting. It is, it's really related. Yeah. Um, because I was fortunate to grow up in this club program with these amazing coaches and they were very professional and the team was pretty serious. So we, you know, we trained really hard and we raced pretty fast and it was like a really solid group of athletes. And so our coaches, um, essentially pushed us to apply to colleges where we would want to ski. So I only applied to schools where I thought that I could join the Nordic team and be successful. So, um, and Harvard was one of those, those schools. Um, and the Nordic teams, the way collegiate Nordic skiing works is like, well, Harvard is D one, but each school is just so different. Um, for example, Dartmouth tends to attract a lot of really good skiers, um, for obvious reasons, but, um, Harvard tends to have a smaller team, um, each year and attracts a different, you know, different variety of, um, experience. And so I chose Harvard over Dartmouth and, um, mainly because of the other things that Harvard has to offer as a, as an institution, I didn't really want my life to just be skiing. Um, and Dartmouth, like there are a few schools out there. I mean, they're really good, really, really good skiers. Um, so, and some people love to have that experience. It just wasn't for me. So that's kind of how I got to Harvard. Like growing up, like, did you really, I mean, I mean, were, was it like Olympic dreams for you? I mean, what? Not really. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well, yeah, I guess, um, it's, it's more of just understanding the fact that in order to get to the Olympics as a Nordic skier, you have to train for like eight to 10 more years after graduating high school. Um, and I just had way more interests than just skiing. I didn't, I don't think I knew that at the time, but I can say that now. I, I just am really, I'm just like my, I'm creatively all over the place and want to explore different things. So, yeah. No, but I think that that's, you know, again, why I, uh, when, when Peter introduced us, uh, why I find found you interesting or find you interesting is because you were doing both growing mm-hmm. up, like, and really kind of, I don't want to say aggressively, um, but you were like really concerned with a creative practice and a physical practice. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I always say that we, we're always like, we're kind of taught that we should exercise the body and we don't talk about exercising the mind, but I think you had a really balanced understanding of what you were interested in, mm-hmm. in, in a physical and mental sense. Um, because I, you know, I think we were, I jokingly was saying to you the other day that I can't ski or shit. And, <laughs> and like, I, like even, even one of my business partners were just skiing the other day and he said something and I was like, dude, I skied a couple times cause I'm from Ohio. There's, there's, and I ran into a tree once and 
it wasn't hard enough to like really hurt, but it was hard enough to go, oh, I'm not good at this. And I, <laughs> I can play football, basketball, and baseball when I have my feet on the ground. And But this ski thing, I'm not. I, And so that, especially like cross country, which like what what was the what's the distance? Is it five k? Is that correct? Is that yeah so, for okay. for college you ski five k and then uh, the longer distance is fifteen k for women. So that the like the training for that is like the has got to be just exhausting. <laughs> I mean it does. Yes. I mean, and so I you know the physical sense of how, how you really work. And, you know, I would like when I talk to student athletes, cause I, I'm a teacher and I work with a lot of student athletes here and that understanding of that, how difficult it is to be a student athlete. Yeah. And totally. then, and then like to do something in a creative sense, I think adds another kind of pillar to the difficulty because typically like athletes are not supposed to do anything creative in school mm-hmm. because it takes away from their why they're in school. And so I think like what you did is 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 really a difficult balance. Um and I and, you know and it's something that I kind of have been working on to try to get more student athletes to engage their creative side because it's obviously good for us. Um uh, not yeah. just as athletes but as humans. And like do you is that something you even noticed when you were in school or is it, you know, like school goes by so quick when you're in it, but it, is it something that you like were aware of that was beneficial to, to your physical practice? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, for me, the balance was uh, student and then athlete. So it wasn't necessarily that creativity was in its own basket, but um, I also, subdivided my classes by um studio and everything else so um and I I have said this to a lot of my friends and a lot of people who ask me about college in general it's just like if you can take a studio class as a as a student regardless of whether or not you're an athlete you have to do it you should totally do it and people shy away from it because they worry that they're not going to get in that they don't have the experience or the skill set, but it's like, so it just make, it just made school so much more fun for me because I was able to have this thing that was like totally my own and I enjoyed it and I didn't have to be on the computer. Um, but I was still creating and thinking really like about really challenging concepts and I had no idea what I was doing, which was even better. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'd still have a blast doing it. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, I, I, it's, it's one of those things that it, I don't want to say it angers me because that sounds too violent, but like, I do think it's interesting that in, in an academic setting that we don't pay more attention to creative practices. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, it actually, it's very frustrating to me. And that's actually one of the kind of initiatives that again, that I'm trying to push at VCU, like where I'm, I've actually created and it's kind of in parallel with the business, but it's, it's, it's called creative practices. And it's, it's truly like an incubator space where I get artists, I get art students, but I, I get a lot of student athletes. I get nurses, you know, whoever. And you come into that space and it's not telling 
somebody what to do creatively. It's asking them, what do you want to do? So I'll have track people in the corner writing beats. Well, not mm -hmm. now, obviously we're doing most everything virtually, but, and then I'll have yeah. baseball players painting for the first time since they were like seven. And, and then I'll have That's an rad. artist. It's the greatest thing ever. And it's yeah. by the end of the semester, everybody understands this benefit to a, yeah. having a creative practice. And I don't understand why in our society, we don't talk about this more that like art should not only be there, but it should be required, <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. I don't even, I don't think it's just um, like a lot of people use art for therapy. And I think that that is so, so helpful. A lot of people use it for their mental health. Um, but I also think that it's a cognitive benefit. Like it, it just makes you think harder and it makes, it just like stretches your capacity. Um, or at least it does for me. And I, I'm just like, I always think visually no matter what, but I'm, I'm like on top of the regular conversations that I'm having, I'm having this like other layer that's like, I wonder if, this looked this way. I don't know. Like, I like, like just I, crazy, interesting things. I love yeah. the way you said that makes you think harder. And I, I mean, I think that's true. Yeah. Like, again, I, I, we, you know, I, I, I hate personally hate the term art therapy uh, because art is therapeutic just by nature, like creating right. it. But yeah. I, well, I, I don't mean that. You, I'm not saying that at you. I mean, no, I, no, it's fine. because what, what, um what we try to talk about at the abstract athlete is to have, a proactive creative pursuit. So mm -hmm. it's embedded like, like an athlete, like you're training creatively. So yeah. when you have stressful moments or moments of anxiety, you know that this is part of your ritual and that this works. So you're not chasing therapy that you would need, you know, like yeah. when you're having mental health issues or, you know, mm -hmm. and so we're trying to like build this, into society like that sounds corny as shit it sounds like we're changing the world but i truly like believe that if every human was doing something creative at least 20 minutes a day would be better people yeah i know yeah i mean it's there are so many benefits you almost can't put your finger on exactly what it, what it's doing for you for the person but um yeah i mean i my struggle is getting people to so like we all, all, we all know that working creatively or drawing or, you know, anything like that is good for us. But my challenge is getting my friends to do it, <laughs> <laughs> like to just do it with me. Like I, I struggle because they're all like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like I can only draw stick figures. Oh, like, uh I don't care. <laughs> I literally, that is so not the point. Like let's do collage. Let's do like something. Well, that's abstract. because <laughs> I, I, I love that you said the stick figure. Cause I get that all the time. I can't even <laughs> yeah. draw a stick. I was like, then don't fucking draw a stick figure. I don't I care. Know. Don't ever draw a stick figure ever again. <laughs> but I think the thing is, is people that are not in a creative space like we are, they, they are scared by it. Like you, what you said earlier, there, there's kind of a, a fear to it. Yeah. And, but creativity is anything. That's the thing. Like all you have to do, I always like to say, it's just like to give people permission to, to play. Yeah, that's huge. And, and 
why I, I like I feel like really good about what we're doing is like, you know, talking to people like you that also were, you know, like at, at a top level skier. You know, we work with all, you know, other former professional athletes or current professional athletes. We work with veterans. And I think that these people that we work with are inspiring mm-hmm. to people. And and it, it's that permission thing. So it's like if you walk into a room and you see, you know, a football player that makes these beautiful paintings or photographs or whatever, like it not only allows a, a child to see, oh, I can actually do both. It also allows the adults to go, oh, well, if he's doing this or she's doing this now, I I can do that as well. And I think permission is like a huge component of creativity because I think a lot yeah. of people think that the, the stick figure thing, I can't do this. And so I'm not going to do that. And it's like, you don't have to do that. You can do this. Yeah, like, exactly. You can yeah. sit on your computer and write music. You can write poetry. Like you can sculpt. You can like, it's infinite collage, like you said. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's funny and kind of sad at the same time to me. It's like, just like give it a shot because it's actually good for you. Yeah. And at least like for me, whenever I try things, which is also related to, um, my, the fact that I'm an athlete, whenever I try new things and get myself to do it, I'm always impressed by like myself and that might sound weird but like I'm always like oh that like that wasn't so bad like I'm not like super good at this thing but I could I'm enjoying it and I'm like doing it so that's that for me that's the point but but art or creating being creative is no different than being an athlete you have to practice to get better and yeah and it's you know it's that simple yeah but it's that do you still like ski and, and competitively at all? Yeah, like, I do. You... Okay. Well. Uh, not competitively, um, just for fun. Um, and I also coached the year after I graduated. I coached the the junior team that I used to ski for back in Vail um, for the same coaches that used to coach me. So in that way, I'm still kind of tied to the sport, um, but not competitively. Do you miss My, it? I have. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't miss the pain cave, but I miss a lot of things about it. <laughs> No, it's, it is, it's one of those questions I tend to ask like former athletes that we work with and stuff. Cause I, you know, and I probably told this multiple times on the podcast, but I remember that like when my career ended and it was Mm -hmm. kind of, I didn't have a choice. Um, I quit school. So I was playing baseball and then I quit school and I could have been drafted out of high school but once you go to school, you have to like wait three years. And so then it's just like, I'm done. And then now what? Because I always defined myself as an athlete, even though I was creative growing up. Like when I was growing up, you couldn't be both really. I mean, it was just kind of like, what? You do what? Now at least it seems like it's changing in some respects. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's cool that you're actually keeping a connection to it is that something you want to always kind of be connected to what like the coaching Mm -hmm. aspect yeah I loved coaching um mostly because I was just my my coach who's also one of my mentors in in life and he just sort of like took me under his wing and um two of them actually and um just sort of like 
allowed me to experience what coaching was without having to like uh fret about the job like I was I was I had my mentors around me um and I also love working with kids and so I had this middle school group of mostly boys one girl a couple girls and um it was just like really enjoyable and I had taught people how to ski before um and getting people to again like figure out they can do it and they can do it well is really satisfying and also um watching kids ski is really great because you're like oh yeah that's what fun looks like like that's why I joined the sport like that's why I race um so that's a huge part of it too is that something like do you ever consider teaching as well like in in the art world type stuff that you're doing or uh, I mean is that you know because you know teaching and coaching are very similar in some ways um Mm -hmm. I actually tend to think I teach like a coach because I like to deal with individuals as opposed Mm -hmm. to the group. Um, Because especially in art, like we're all different. Yeah. And so is that something you've like considered? It is something I've considered, but I think it's, I won't, I probably won't touch it for a while because I... I think it would be great to teach, but I want to be masterful in what I'm talking about. You know, I want to be, I, I'm really just beginning to develop a personal creative practice. That's like in really intentional and really valuable to me. Um, and starting to share that with people. And so I, I want to, I want to be like super grounded in that first. Um, but yeah, I would love to teach at some point. I think it would be really fun especially cause I just, I love school. So, um, hopefully I can instill that in other people. <laughs> you might, need to, you might need to talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I actually love, I actually love the student. Like I, it's, it's all the bureaucracy that I can't oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. deal with Definitely. and stuff. It, it, like how, I mean, I'm interested how your, your creative practice has evolved and, you know, you graduated a couple years back, right? 2019. Yeah. Is that two? Yeah. Two. Um, like, how has it evolved since you graduated? It seems like it is actually, it's taking on new forms um, and new ways of thinking. Um, obviously, probably COVID has changed some of that as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the the isolation thing, like, has shaped work in different ways. Like, maybe get in, like to how like your, your practices evolved, like what, what are some of the things that you think about? Like, is there, are there moments of like crossing over like how you skied with how you make work and, and or have you thought about those things at all? Like is, I mean, cause I think about like, even though like, the, the competition of, of cross country skiing, but it's still like very isolated in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's a team sport, but it, you race individually. Right. Is there, is there any like crossovers like for you or I, I guess more, more importantly and more f- what I'm interested in is like how, how your, your practice is developing and expanding or like thought processes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there there are a bunch of ways I could answer that. I 
feel like, well, first of all, I'm not professionally trained as an artist. Um, and frankly, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I don't, I, I would love to go to art school, but I don't really think that I'd be going for the right reasons. And like, it kind of just get in the way of what I wanted to do anyways. Um, but yeah, I, so I didn't, I took as many studio courses as I could in college um, and loved the process. Um, and I think that that's definitely a parallel to skiing, uh, to Nordic skiing um, is, is uh, trusting the process one and then also like enjoying it. Um, so, you know, in a given year, a college athlete will train, a, a female college athlete or a Nordic skier will train upwards of 500, 600 hours. Um, and the guys do way more than that. It's just kind of how it works out. Um, not that the women aren't capable, <laughs> but, um, so it's sort of like you do, you absolutely do not see immediate benefits from your training as an endurance athlete. It's like years of building, um, and progression. And so I think for me, something that I've learned creatively is like that process is oh so important and oh so precious because um you're not like I'm not going to see results overnight and also tomorrow looks totally different than than yesterday um and I know that sounds kind of cliche but I'm thinking about that uh visually in terms of what I'm drawing what I'm making um things that I did last year are so different than what I'm doing right now and I really like that. Um, it's, it's sort of like, well, then if you, if I say that, like, am I being consistent? Um, and I think that, I think I'm just sort of exploring. I'm, a, I'm in this stage where I'm just sort of like doing whatever concepts, drawing whatever concepts come to mind. Um, I do have long-term projects and long-term ideas that kind of like ground everything um, and keep me on track, but um, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a parallel between, between skiing, like being an athlete, um, being on this team. That's like, there's so much energy on a team. There's so many athletes usually that's you're on a big team and you kind of just have to, um, keep each other going a little bit when the going gets rough, you know, like, like I remember some weeks where I, in school where I had like you know, like 15 hours of training to do school, like everywhere, all the time, library late nights. And I'm just like, this sucks. Why am I doing this to myself? Why do I do this? Why am I doing, I'm going to stop. I'm quitting tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I'd call my coach and be like, I don't know what to do with my life. Um, and, you know, you tell your teammates and they sort of like, talk, get you through talk it. And you like, down. Yeah. It's the, it's the process. You have to, you have to know, first of all, you have to know what you can and can't take on. That's something that I've learned along the way, but you also have to know where, where you want to end up, but not like super get super focused on that. Um, so yeah, if that makes sense, I think that's a, that's a pretty good parallel between training and, and my creative process, because I don't really know, I have end goals for my creative process, but I don't, I don't really want there to be, um, like a finished product. Um, yeah. I, I, no, I, I love that. Cause I, <clears throat> I say that a lot to people that it's about the process, not the product. 
or not mm-hmm. the piece. And which again is like parallel for me to sports. Sports is always about the process and not, I mean, the end result obviously matters in everything, but it's really the process that I think stays with you more. And it's just so much more fruitful too. I, yep. I've learned so much from like doing three paintings and I've learned so much from actually figuring out the the progression of like building those paintings making those paintings as opposed to like looking at the final product yeah yeah because when the when the piece is done you move on like obviously other people respond to it but it's again it's that it's that journey and that's again like thinking of sports like sports is a journey like yeah you know and i hate to keep like putting these connections but i i think that there is like this really beautiful relationship between athletics and arts um mm-hmm. and life i mean i don't want to get like corny as shit but like i do think it's that true though it is true. like i i think that there's this like there's this archaeology to a to a process of making art um yeah. i literally like my work is truly about archaeology like a visual archaeology i drive out mm-hmm. west that's why i was saying to you earlier but i love colorado so oh, I, yeah. I drive out there like i drove drove out there five times last year that's awesome. Um, and so I, you know, when I'm out West, like those open spaces to me, that, that is my visual archeology. span Like I feel like I can truly like see back in time, even though it's probably the smallest amount. But I, I think that that's, that's the idea. Like that's the imagination. And yeah. there's an archeology span to sports as well. Like me as a, as a baseball player, like every inning gets layered upon on top of one another. Like, so you're like building blocks to a game. And for me, I'm building layers to a painting. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. like those, those kind of relationships, I really love, you know, going back to what you said, thinking, I love thinking about these things that are not truly tangible, but man, like when you start getting into those deep dives of those things, like that is where the cool shit happens to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember when I, when we started, I saw you on Instagram, Peter mentioned or gave me your handle and I was looking at your feed and saw some of those, um, sort of, uh, atmospheric open-ended landscape photos. And I was like, hell yeah, this is exactly (laughs) my vibe. (laughs) But that's, that's like, it's funny. Like I literally take every time I'm out there, thousands like yeah probably at the yeah. minimum four thousand photos a trip and i'm not joking i drive and this i probably shouldn't say this out loud on a podcast but half the pictures are me driving 85 miles an hour with a camera just like clicking away photo. yeah because to <laughs> me it is if even if i take the same picture of the same thing every 10 seconds it's different mm-hmm. that that picture might not relate that but it's that thing in my head that I know that it's a different image and that, Mm -hmm. that plays into how I make my work. And, and I, I, that, that to me is just fascinating. And yeah, but that's that thing again, like that might not be fascinating to somebody else. And that's cool. Find what's fascinating to you as an, as an Mm -hmm. individual person that creates that's, that's, I mean, and, and everybody has that, but it's, again it's that permission thing and so like people just need to do it yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sort of an introvert. I can, I love my alone time and I can, I can just think about <laughs> shit for days. I'm raising my hand there too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me and, um, me and my dog yeah. go on these drives every, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's so nice. Like I've, I've thought about this past, the past like seven months for me, I moved to Brooklyn in September um, this is the first time I've really lived on my own. Cause last year I was coaching at my hometown. I was living with my parents. I have my own space. I have my own like kitchen, you know, which I call my studio. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's just been so nice to spend time with my own concepts and to build and to think and to write, um, and I, I'm just, I'm so appreciative of that quiet time because I love it. I love, you know, it's like maybe similar to you going on a drive and taking photos. It's like, you just have a, a moment to develop something in your mind. And suddenly it's like this idea that you're thinking about the whole time. And like, now I'm, you know, running in Prospect Park on the weekends and I'm still thinking about this idea about landscape and whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so nice to have your own like creative, I keep calling it a practice, but maybe you could call it like, it is a practice, a, a mindset or yeah, like, but it's intentional. You yep. do have to make yourself do it. You have to, yep. have to practice. Yep. <laughs> have yeah. To and practice. that's the, again, like that's the relationship or an, another relationship to sport. It's exactly. Like, you're not going to be good at a sport if you don't practice it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I was, I always say that to students, like, like, you know, the first time you played soccer, you sucked at it. And you kept playing soccer and you yeah. got better. Guess what? It's the same with creativity. Like the more you do, the better you get. And, and again, it's not, it's not about the results. It's about that process because mm-hmm. it just brings joy. Like that love. Uh, do you, I, I'm, I'm curious, you like just mentioned writing. Does writing play any, cause your degrees in that as well. Does, is there any, any relationship anymore to your, your current creative practice that has any, any writing component to it or like, or is it just more the idea, yeah. like the sketches in, in some ways? Um, I, I don't involve text in my work if that's what you're asking, but I do have, a, I keep a journal, um, that is just, I have it right here. Actually, it's always <laughs> right next to me. Um, every time I have an idea or something that like skims across my brain, I'm like, Oh, I should write that down. Um, and then, you know, I'll take it to like the kitchen table at breakfast and I'll write about, uh, an, an idea a bit further. So, um, in that way, it is definitely a part of what I've been doing. Um, and I've been writing, I've been journaling for a long time, but I've been writing about, I've been writing creatively more often these days. And, um, so yeah, I would say that writing is a part of it for me. Yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, I, again, like just because that was what you studied, I was curious if there was any kind of relationship to how things manifest, whether it's, you know, like the writing could be like the sketch for the bigger piece. I mean, which is just text, but yeah, just that idea no, of like how it comes yeah. together. Definitely. I like that idea of the writing being a sketch. So but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say my writing makes much sense. <laughs> That's fine. People probably say that about my painting. So who, um, like, I'm always curious about like who, who are like influential people in your life. And that can be like truly 
anybody like it could be Jimi hendrix i you know like it, you know i mean it can be anybody like from any kind of component like that yeah informs you as a human or an artist or or a, a skier um there's a lot of people um do you know do you know who keegan randall is yes and I'm, was an olympian skier. Yes. um she's definitely up there um i got to meet her once or twice um when she came to veil for surgery <laughs> but All the good uh, times. She, yeah um she developed or she helped develop this team this u.s ski team and there are books on this but and i can't i won't quite remember the titles of these books but there it's been understood that over the past let's say like 20 years since like early 2000s the u.s women's cross-country ski team is has like boomed like they're they have everything they need to succeed and so it's this it's this literal success story that has been um created while i was a high school and college athlete so i got to hear about it um through many different you know venues but i feel like keegan randall was the one of the like senior women on this team and they have this camaraderie and this beautiful team um sportsmanship and um it just like it's like so cool to watch um and so i feel like she and also she's like a boss <laughs> um when she skis so she's retired now but um yeah she's definitely up there for me um i have a bunch of people from school who inspire me one of them is a professor um her name is uh professor sarah elizabeth lewis she um edited the aperture um, magazine edition in 2016 called vision and justice which eventually became a class of hers oh, cool. and it's all about yeah it's all about visual representation and justice and um how um the media art photography um anything culturally cultural material has um projected people of color and particularly African-Americans as disenfranchised and um, immobilized in American history. Um, and the Vision and Justice magazine was all about positive, all, all about that history, but also how visual culture can reverse that, those narratives. Um, and Professor Lewis is a huge inspiration to me. I took one of her classes and um, went to the, went to several events at Harvard while she was there. And, um, I feel like that is a huge, important calling for art and representation is so important. And I, so she's definitely up there for me as well. So there's two. <laughs> That's, I, but those are like, again, like those are people that inform like you as a human and like really in some ways it sounds like pushed you forward uh, yeah absolutely do you by the way this is just a random off you remember the ethiopian cross-country skier robel and i always no. say his la teclamarium 
his brother is a friend of mine that lives here. Oh, cool. So he was actually in the Olympics. The God, when would it have been? 2012, maybe the winter. He's like the first Ethiopian uh, person in, in the winter Olympics ever, I believe. Wow. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, yeah, it was like really a cool, um, <clears throat> cool story. I'm actually surprised it's not a movie at this point. But I don't know about it, but I now I will. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quick break, a reminder to stop by Hannah's site on Instagram with Mountains in Mind. Also, a reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can check us out at theabstractdoctors.com or follow us on social media under the Abstract Doctors and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us at One Man's Ethos on social media or check out our website, onemansethos.com. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge or on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandridge. And you can also check out his amazing photographs at TonyMandridge.com. Now back to Hannah. What, like, like talk more about like your work and like how, like what, like what you're thinking about and where, <clears throat> like wh- what you're trying to do with it. Like what, you know, what mm-hmm. are like goals with it? Um, ideas even like you know like how are how are things kind of opening up for you um i'm interested in how i can represent landscape as it relates to the way people identify with it and obviously like even that is pretty vague um but i I have this strong tie to place and I have this, I have this belief that everyone kind of does. Um, I was super privileged to have grown up in Vail, Colorado, where mountains are ubiquitous everywhere you turn. And um, my dad was keen on getting outside every single day. And so, um, you know, out, out of that grew this interest for quiet open spaces um my dad and I took a um a trip last summer right before I moved and it was a three-day um backpacking trip across a couple of the uh 14ers in or sorry not 14ers um in in the Rocky Mountains around the 14ers um near our house and uh, we wouldn't talk for like hours it was so great (laughs) And I, I, that sounds say that in a nicer way. I mean, it was, no, I'm just kidding. I love my dad. We have a great relationship, but it was like, like we both have this understanding, like we both get it, you know, like it's, it's just like so nice to be up there and you're above tree line in in some cases. And like, it's this, it's this incredible place. Walking Um, walking in the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. So I have this tie to place and I feel like, I feel like other people do too. And I want to figure out how that, which is, which is like really strange, like to go from that, which I find just stunning, obviously like that's, you know, I think I told you we bought property in Montana and, and, you know, there's this drive to go to Yellowstone that's called Beartooth drive or mountain or whatever. And it's just like, you are, you're driving in the mountains. I mean, in, mm-hmm. in the clouds, 
and it's it's just cra- it's kind of like you know driving from Aspen to um, Silverthorne where you feel like you're gonna fall off the mountain like you're driving mm-hmm. with you're leaning to the towards the mountain it's just yeah. that stunning and I, but now you're in Brooklyn which is yeah <laughs> I mean the like complete opposite it's, a, it's of, an opposite effect yeah is that it, like I mean but I do so like your work has this landscape kind of feel to it which obviously now you're in like a concrete landscape and Mm -hmm. and obviously your work's going to change just by that nature but is it something that you are you thinking of moving back to those spaces at some point in time is that or have you even thought about i mean you've only been in new york for a couple months but is that something like long term it's like i need to get back to those open spaces or have you even thought yeah um yeah no I, I have thought about that um because obviously like your your setting is gonna affect the stuff that you create especially if your setting is your subject <laughs> in some cases um for me but but I also am interested in I love cityscapes. I think that they're really interesting and, and crazy um, and, and not, and they're unfamiliar to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking I'll probably stay in Brooklyn for a couple of years uh, and then maybe I'd go to grad school. So, um, and that wouldn't necessarily place me in the mountains either. Um, so I'm just really interested in thinking about these things. I don't think I necessarily have to be in these places um you'd be like me and just get in your car and drive (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I do have an interest in the in the rural aspect of mountainous areas um I and I I don't want my work to be just about the beauty of these places I'm I'm more interested in like why we value them so much and what what exactly we're doing with these places also like why are we ruining these things that we love oh i Um, i i i I agree i think about those things all the time like even just you know the devastation of the fires that has happened out there the last couple i was actually out there the day that the um poodle canyon fire started Mm -hmm. like got there that day and by the time we drove up to montana and back like it was just like an inferno and so you think about those things how how the uh like the climate is changing so like you know there's not enough they don't get enough you know water out there at all Mm -hmm. the the beetles are destroying the trees which makes the trees even more like tender you know like it just goes up and yeah um i remember was it two years ago two years ago in my summer drive out west sitting with a friend that was teaching at a um, a residency in, um, what is it called? It's right below Aspen. I can't think of the name of the town. Snowmass? Yes. Snow in Snowmass. And we went down the hill a little bit, a little bit and sat in the Whole Foods parking lot and watched the side of the mountain on fire. Just sat yeah. there like in, you know, in, there's all, all yeah. the divided, the fire and the Whole Foods is just this road. Yeah. And you're just watching well, trees burst and fire, you know. Yeah. That's super interesting because I feel similarly. I feel like I'm just sitting around. 
like oh I love these places I, I love to enjoy them hope they hope they stay yeah. <laughs> um and it's also oh, I was gonna say something else on that um it's sort of like oh yeah I was gonna say we had we used to have this elk herd that lived on our road like I don't know 40 head of elk I don't know maybe less but there was a lot of them um and I've noticed that they're they no longer live there that I have not seen them for like 10 years whenever I was home maybe maybe like seven I don't even know but um but also like (laughs) I love to mountain bike um my siblings my whole family we like to bike and because of COVID we got on the trails early this year and um and some of the trails a lot of the trails are closed for a certain amount of time because of calving um and I'll admit it like I was like oh it'll be fine we'll just go on this trail it won't even take that long right we went on the trail and you know we got caught and I'm gonna admit this because like it's really important I was I had no idea like why we weren't like I knew that like calving was a thing but I didn't really truly process why I wasn't supposed to be there and so um I like had this moment where I was like yeah shit like that was really bad (laughs) um I'm not going to do that ever again and so it's sort of like you're sitting in the parking lot watching this thing happen but you're also like oh shit this thing is happening what am I going to do about it right like now I'm like I need to I need to like hold myself accountable and like not go on those trails I need to hold myself accountable and do what I can do to be active instead of passive. Yep. Now, it, so. and there is, I don't really talk about it personally in my work, but there is that thought about like these things. Cause it's forest fires are so bizarre because they're like visually, like they're stunningly beautiful, like how the sun penetrate, but it's, you know, obviously they're devastating and every year it gets worse and worse. And we know that this is our fault. So what are we doing? And, and you're right. Like there, there is, there is that most people have a passive sense about it. And I, we just can't be, I, but it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to even like, kind of process it's like okay how do i make this change as a as a individual and you know it's just difficult like um Mm -hmm. but it it is like it's 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 a weird kind of relationship and and it's something in the last god yeah six years that i've gone out there it's like every year i go out now like there's always multiple multiple fires just yeah. all over the place and <clears throat> and you're right it it's like that relationship we have to land is is interesting mm-hmm. um and then you like again like you place it where you live now and it's like that doesn't even exist as land like that's just yeah that's like a lego set it goes up not <laughs> yeah. out you know <clears throat> totally <laughs> and so i mean i you know i come from columbus so, which is bigger city than most people think that it is and i love going to new york i actually love chicago i love la 
but I, I, I would maybe want to live in LA just because of the proximity to an ocean, a desert and the mountains. Uh Um, New York is not something that I've ever even considered living in just because, and I'm not claustrophobic, but it's just like, I need my, I need space. Like I need my alone. Like you're, you're getting your alone time in your apartment, but it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I, it, it would be really difficult for me to exist in that yeah. in that world even though i almost went to school there i was going oh I was, really i yeah i, I was either going to go out to california to claremont to vcu which i ended up going to mm-hmm. or to hunter <clears throat> and um it would have been crazy because i would have moved to new york like three weeks before 9-11 oh wow so it, my one of my buddies actually did do that and it, it's just like, it would have been, oh it was intense enough living in Richmond, <clears throat> but yeah, it would have been, it would have been like, holy shit. And my business that would have partner, been a different experience. My business partner <laughs> actually, um, saw the first plane crash. He was working at, oh my God. I think Mattel at the time um, wow. and w- was walking down the street and saw it. So that's crazy. So it, yeah, but it's, it, it's. It is. I think it's curious, and I think it's like really interesting for your work, like how, like I would love to see like work you did a year ago compared to like now, and like what happened visually. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be fun for me too. <laughs> um, the other great part about Brooklyn is the the you know connections I'm able to make. And um, a lot of them are through Peter. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of them are through Peter because he, we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And um, then he, he'll reach out to me and say, hey, I found this person. She's in Brooklyn. I think you'd really like her. She's an artist. Um, you know, go say hi. And so I literally did that last week. That sounds weekend. like Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Go say hi. <laughs> go say hi. He didn't actually say that, but that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> Um, and like now this artist and I, she lives like, I've like walked to her apartment. It was so easy and close and such a nice way to talk about what I'm interested in and hear about what she's interested in. So anyways, that's just one example of like, it's just like super nice to make, um, a creative, uh, network and just to start building that. And it's really nice to do that when, when people are nearby. Um, and, and I'm really excited for, for the real Brooklyn to, um, reappear <laughs> to because I know that I'm experiencing like a very moderated version of it right oh, yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn. But, yeah, yeah. I've gotten a lot of trouble in Brooklyn. So, <laughs> and New York as a matter of fact. So nice. I, nice. yeah, we won't tell any of those stories, but, um, well, like, what do you, what are you like? I want to know some goals like for the next I don't want to say what's going on in 10 years, but what, what are you, what are you thinking about? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as a creative person, you want to have exhibitions and I know that Peter has, um, started to show, um, your work on the, the shim network Uh plug Peter there. Um, but like, is it, you know, is that, is that like goals? I mean, I know you mentioned you, you think maybe a grad school at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, are you, are you interested in doing residencies? Because like one of the things, again, like residencies, that's the thing that changed me. Like I did a residency. Um, well, I did one in Paris f- 
first, but I did this one in, oh, in, in Wyoming. And that, that was literally the impetus for me driving out West every year now. Oh, really? I did that the first time. And it was just like, I, it was just like, I, I felt like I was reborn. Like, yeah. I, you know, my eyes got in it. It was, you know, like I, I can still remember that first drive and just like, yeah, like, holy shit, like this is <laughs> insane. Awesome. And then every, you know, every year since it's like, I see something different every time. Yeah. And that's the discovery like that. I love that phrase and that stay curious thing. And, and, mm-hmm. um, I just love that shit. And I mean, God, I saw a wolf two years ago or three years ago, a wolf. I mean, I'm just like, I'm sitting there in Yellowstone. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm looking at a wolf right now in the <laughs> wild. Like, I mean, I'm serious. Like it's, yeah. And I know they have wolves That's now awesome. in, in, uh, in Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah. That law passed. Crazy. That bill passed. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's oh. it, 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 like, is that just projecting forward, like really just continuing to grow as a visual creator? And yeah, and- yeah, that's a that's a good, great question. What are my goals? Um, and that's hard. I mean, I, I know that that's kind yeah, of yeah, a- it is kind of hard to answer. But I have learned through various lenses that and listening to podcasts, reading books, the only like the first step to realizing your goals is by sharing them. So, because then you have to hold yourself accountable. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> this is recording. You're in. Tr- <laughs> I'm kidding. This will exist forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love to do a residency. I think that would be so fun. There's a um, there's a program in Carbondale, Colorado called Anderson Ranch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know of it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the place where my friend was at. Oh great! When we were watching yeah. the fire. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually, I applied to a job there once. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I would love to do a residency there. I think that would be so fun. Yep. Um, Or even just take a class there, Um, though I don't really know where that would fit in. Um, But I do, I was introduced to this um, artist named Elliot Norquist who lives there um, through my mom and, and we've stayed connected and he really inspires me to he has a practice, has always, um, you know, worked by, lived by art, um, and making art and, and he's inspired me to always have that, um, for myself. So, um, and what I mean by that is to like always keep creating and always, I mean, he's a professional artist, but I, I, I feel like I always want to have my creative practice nearby. But I think that's the thing, like, I think we're all professional artists if we want to be i really yeah. truly believe that it's that's one of the things i do not like about academia and is this kind of elitist attitude that now granted i do understand when people study art they're ahead of other people because they've been practicing it mm-hmm. but anybody can do this it's just it's giving people that permission i keep going back to that yeah. um and I, yeah but yeah I, th- I i i like the way that you're thinking about that like that that Peter you said Peter what was his name? Uh, Elliot. Elliot. I I, I like that advice actually. Yeah. Or or you took what he was. Yeah, saying. I just I remember, and I'll get back to my other a couple other goals. But I remember um, he invited me to his shop, and he has a metal wood shop, a metal shop wood shop, and um, I was like, oh my god, you do this for a living? <laughs> like what? 
like he, I mean, he used to be a Nordic ski coach. He, he coached some of the, some of the guys who are on the Olympic team now, like he's, he's, has been very accomplished and is a really nice person and let me into his own studio. And I was like, this is so cool. So, uh, he's definitely also on that list of people who inspire me. Um, and yeah, I, I guess another thing that I don't want to do is I don't want to sell my, I don't want sales to be the thing that drives making my art. So that's like an anti-goal, but I still (laughs) wanted to say it because it's really, it's at the forefront of my, which is what I'm thinking about lately. Um, and then another one is probably is grad school. Um, I would love to go to school for landscape architecture or another broader design category that I don't know yet exists, but, um, (laughs) you can invent your own. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have, I, okay. Then I'll share a crazy idea with you. Um, you know, storm King. (laughs) Yes, I do. Okay. I've been there. This is a long time ago, but do you know, tip it rise? Yes. I think they're, are they in Montana? I don't know. Okay. Well, I forget where they are. They're in the Western region. Um, I don't remember. Do a search. I'm going to Google it. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to make, <laughs> I want to make a, a Tippet Rise Storm King. Yeah. It's in Montana. It's in Fishtail. It okay. That's what I was wondering if it was up towards. Yeah, it's in Fishtail. Up, yeah, it's up towards. Um, that's what I was th- in my head. I was thinking that's up towards um, Glacier. Mm, so, okay. Yep. Well, somewhere down, way down the line, I would love to create a space like that. Um, I would love to have to build a program or a a, a place where people can. You mean like our visit? <laughs> what? You mean like our place? In Montana, our place. I want to make our place rise. (laughs) I want to. Okay, here's the welcome to the team, Hannah. Here's here's the crazy part about it. I want it to be completely human free. Oh, (laughs) I want it to be like like you can visit it, but you can't like be there for for a long time. Like there will be like a little visitor center or whatever, but that's where you're limited to existing. And then it's like a national park for artworks. Yeah, it's like a national park preserve, yeah. conservation land style, um, and it's just gonna be there, and everyone is gonna want to fucking go, but they can't. <laughs> well, that's um, kind of like the lightning fields. Do you know what those are? No, what are uh, those? Walter Demaria. It's down in where is it in? It's I think it's in New Mexico. Um, it is an artwork that. Let me see. Um, it's a bunch of like metal. It's in New Mexico. Um, metal that. rods. And you go out there and you just basically watch. Now, I, apparently, I've never been, but you actually have to um, schedule it in advance to move, to go there. Oh, really? And you, you apparently park somewhere and then they bus you in and you stay in a, in like a cabin overnight. And, you know, like, the hope is you get to actually see it in action, but I guess it doesn't happen all the time. Crazy. So all the while trying to not get hit by lightning. Right. Exactly. 
that just made that just makes That's it a fun. game yeah <laughs> so i just looked at some pictures what like um like for like maybe we can start wrapping wrapping up like um and then what is like what was like the the your favorite place to ski like mm. and did you ever did you ever do anything internationally yeah um our coaches took us to switzerland one year in high school um and i was gonna say i don't think i see i don't think i've raced in canada but i raced in switzerland i did i did so poorly (laughs) (laughs) i was those girls are so fast oh my god and then we went to um this town on the border of france called premenon oh yeah um yep yeah, and raced there as well, and and oh, I also sucked, but <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so fun. Moral of the story is do not ski in Europe. No, <laughs> yeah, sorry. no. Moral of the story is if you want to be a good skier, train in Europe or, or Scandinavia. What was um, that like? What, that's they, another random question. Is like growing up in Vale, obviously the altitude, like training there, is so much different. Like, what was it like when you started skiing? on the east coast <laughs> like, was it a totally <laughs> um, different experience for you it's like or did you notice it i guess is a better way to say it yeah 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 i'm trying to equate it to something for me okay it's like eating ice cream it feels so good for the first like five minutes and then you feel like shit afterwards <laughs> and it's like you kind of just like at the same level as everyone else and yeah. it's just like not beneficial like you you tend to acclimate after like after a couple weeks or whatever you're no longer benefiting from the altitude because you're no longer in that environment so your body just um accommodates but do you know Um, did you i mean you obviously noticed like the difference didn't you yeah totally it's 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 a different kind of hurt yeah Um, and i say i miss the pain cave but i actually kind of or i say i don't miss the pain cave but i actually kind of do because it's like this crazy experience or like in the, in the mountains or at altitude, it's your lungs that hurt really bad. Um, and you just can't get like enough air. Oh, I, um, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. where, like right when I go to the mountains for the first time, it's just like, <gasps> yeah, oh my exactly. God. even driving, like <laughs> I'm serious. Like that, that drive from Aspen to Silverthorne, that first time I did it, I was like, <gasps> I'm going to, I'm going to pass out and fall over the, off the mountain. Oh yeah. You probably went over Independence Pass. Yep exactly yeah that's an amazing drive oh, it's beautiful absolutely and then beautiful on the east coast it's sort of like your legs are the ones that hurt really bad so it's more like a muscular like yeah. you just you just can't go up the hill yeah. um <laughs> but i mean both 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 kind of are terrible <laughs> in the moment but it's all about like seeing how far you can push through i mean that's kind of another another parallel between sports and and art is like my coach was always telling me like like if I got nervous before a race he'd be like okay well like you know the day before or whatever we'd talk about it and he'd be like all right but you just did all of this training like you just did like 200 hours of training this summer you gotta you gotta just trust in that and control what you can control and understand that you're going to be pretty good because you did all these hours, you put in all this, all this work. And so that's also something that I've carried through 
more more than art just like in life is like you kind of have to believe in the work that you've already done in order to get you to where you are and all of these extraneous things that are like all these constants that are swirling around you you can't control you can't worry about them you just can't you have to focus on what you've what you're capable of and what you're doing in the moment um which is a bit of mindfulness as well which is something that I find important but yeah I mean sort of lost my train of thought but <laughs> that's that I was gonna say that was brilliant but no I I agree I I I always you know I'll even take it a step further because I always talk about failure um particularly like you know I use my the sport that I really play even my you know basketball and football also but baseball is a failure based sport you know mm-hmm. like if you're if you're succeeding 30% of the time in baseball like you're awesome and i think it's the same way in in art like i do yeah. like and i say this a lot on the podcast but but i do think like that and i don't think it's a struggle like but that learning that we do through creation mm-hmm. and and you know messing up and you know, crumbling up the paper and throwing it away. Like, that's good. Yeah. Like, it's still worth it. And, and, totally. and, and like you said, the pain cave, it's like, it sucked, but it was worth it. And it's actually sort of fun. Like, I used yeah. to, di- I used to dig ditches. And in some ways, I like, I hated <laughs> it. Cause, you know, like, I'd be in the bottom of a ditch and like concrete would be poured everywhere and you'd just splash up. But there's yeah. something kind of fun about it just that the physical activity and being like exhausted physically. Mm-hmm. There's something nice about that. Like that's why yeah. I, like I still work out daily and, and I love the days that are the interval training days for me, which mm-hmm. is every other day because it's, it's that aggressive, just go a hundred miles an hour and then rest and you go a hundred miles, you know, and it's yeah. like that exhaustion is it's so it sucks in the moment, but it's great at the end. And it makes you a better athlete. I think yep. every athlete is all like everyone's ultimate goal is to be better the next day than they were before. Yep. And pushing yourself beyond what you think you can do is how you're going to get that. And another success. relationship to art right there. Like yeah, totally. That same, it's, it's the same exact thing. Yep. That same drive to want to be better whatever that means like that's the thing in in art it there's no real definition except for yourself like yeah. you have to prove it to yourself and when i which an athlete does as well but yeah it's just it's a it, i don't know I, I love that i love those those moments personally yeah, yeah um, me too well I feel like I should ask you one stupid question. Like what's your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite? I always, I try to ask stupid questions. Well, you didn't tell me where do you, where's your favorite place to ski? Oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah. Why did, we we went off, off on a tangent in a great way. So. Um, okay. Nordic or downhill? Uh, either one. I would assume downhill would be something different than. Yeah, definitely different. I, there's a, there's an Olympic venue in Utah called Soldier Hollow. It's right near Heber city. Um, and they held the 2002 Nordic cross country Olympics there, uh, winter Olympics, I believe. And their courses are pristine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it you look is like you're so, about ready to cry. <laughs> oh my God. It is so much fun to ski there. It is not just 
to ski, but to race on that race course is so fun. There's a downhill called the whale's tail, which you can imagine is incredibly awesome. And people fly off it. I had a friend um, crash and burn on that turn and you go, you get going like, I don't know how fast, like 20 miles an hour, something faster than that um, maybe. And he like, lost his ski like lost his glasses everything went wrong and he came back and like finished the race in a pretty good spot it was so awesome <laughs> so that's my favorite I have so many good memories that's there because we would go there every spring and race um downhill I don't know it's kind of it's kind of hilarious but I think I really like Vale a lot <laughs> I, I don't think that you could go wrong with that to be honest with you yeah i also really haven't i haven't downhill skied that many places yeah so there's that how did you train by the way off season um a lot of just, running okay a lot of mountain biking we would mountain bike just race really for fall. the lungs yeah. yeah um yeah just a lot of cardio we yeah. would do these awesome adventure runs on the weekends um, you know, like 15 mile long runs with the ski team and people are like, are you the cross country team? And we're like, no, we're better. <laughs> um, so those are also some great memories too. Yeah. All right. Two stupid questions. What's your favorite band and what's your favorite food? Oof. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a favorite band, but I was listening to 21 pilots earlier today and <laughs> I really from my hometown. Them. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're, from, they're from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, favorite food is brownies. <laughs> I love that. That's good. No, we're not eating the food. We're going right to dessert. Done. Done. Well brownies played. Brownies is food. Well, I, I agree. I'm not denying that. I totally agree with that. Caloric right. content is the only qualification. Um, well, this has like really like been awesome. Um, I you know because it it's. I think it's important to like remember that, you know, these other sports, like it's not just about the basketballs and the baseballs and the footballs and stuff, mm. but like you worked just as hard, if not harder than, you know, athletes that get more of the publicity and stuff for, you know, for the love of it. But, and I, and I really love how your your practice is is expanding in so many like really cool interesting ways and sometimes i think it, you know that idea that because you didn't go to art school like you're an outsider i think you said that earlier and it's like mm -hmm. who cares like i think that you're engaging it more seriously than some people that are, go to school for it and and mm -hmm. that just means that you love it and i think again, the discipline that you have from your athletic background is going to serve you well because you're, you're used to that discipline because again, art is a discipline. It's a practice. And yeah, so, it definitely is. Um, I yeah. think that all those things, um, are going to, I'm just like really stoked to see like where things go because I do, Thank you, know, you. Like, you know, how, how you've changed <clears throat> venues for lack of a better way to say it. And, and thinking about, I think there's a, a little bit of overlap in how we think like, about mm -hmm. landscape because really, truly, like <clears throat> if you're going to go somewhere else, just that influence, the light's going to be different, you know? Yeah. And just, I remember being in Paris and I, we came out of us out of the subway and it was like dusk and it was just this 
purpley blue. And I was like, I could never in a million years paint that. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like that, that is what it is. It wins. Yeah. And so I'm like, <laughs> I, it, I'll be really cool to see like how your work really develops and changes and, and all these things. Yeah. So, but Thanks. I, you know, really, truly thank you for jumping on here. And I look forward to us, you know, continuing to talk and um yeah likewise yeah and, thank you for having me no it's it totally totally cool um <clears throat> trying to think it'll probably be about out in mid-april a little like sometime in april okay um, cool and, but i'll let you know like i always snip out a video and some pictures from here um to post on social media and stuff and when I do okay. that, just feel free to share it and all that jazz. So yeah, that'd um, be great. Thank and then you. you're, you know, when we get in Montana going, um, I think it'd be that, cool like to do a workshop because I mean, that's I what it's, love that. <clears throat> that's what it's going to be for is, you know, again, it could be like really cool to talk about breathing and, and <laughs> just, and developing art and just, uh, you know, I think there's lots of overlap and, and we're hopefully going to be breaking ground this spring at some point in time, but we're, That's we're pretty awesome. excited about this and, you know, really just appreciate like what you bring to the table in terms of like inspiration and all that stuff. So. Yeah. I'm really excited for you guys and definitely let's stay in touch because yep. I, <laughs> I feel like we could keep chatting here, but. Uh, oh, no, no. And that's another thing. Like this can be like, we can do a part two in the future. Like I've been trying in my head to think about having multiple people on that don't necessarily know each other. Oh, yeah. Um, I That'd did that the cool. other day with a couple of photographers that we just released last week. And, um, and it was just so cool. Like in just the the triangulation of conversation that goes on. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, like I can't even think who I would have in, in this space with you, but it, it would just be, cool would be shit as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, cool. It sounds like this podcast is really, there's so many avenues to explore and. Oh, it's I'm, I'm having the best time and I produce two other podcasts, one called the abstract doctors and then one oh, yeah. called one man's ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. Mm -hmm. and it's just like you know like i get to meet people like you and uh i that's just been happy you know like i have a friend that's an infectious disease doctor that i had on but he was also a college soccer player and he's a musician so he fits in with what we're talking about but then he was you know we get to talk about covid so the conversation yeah. was just everywhere and really interesting um and that's the thing is like I'm not the expert in the, in the science field, but I will try to bring people on that will tell you, yes, creativity is good for you. And I'm a brain doctor. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's a blast. I have that credibility. <laughs> yep. It's just a blast for me. So, yeah. but no, we're, 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 we're definitely staying in touch. So sorry. <laughs> That sounds awesome I'm to just me. Kidding. And I'm looking forward to Montana and hearing oh. about how that goes. Well, I'm ready so. to get in the car and go right now. So, <laughs> so. I can feel it. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, have a great night. And like I said, I'll, I'll, um, I'll get back in touch with you, um, when this is coming out and, but no, just, okay. just really cool to connect literally. And, and we will, like, I, I have no doubt we will do a part two in some fashion at some point. That sounds fun. Cool. cool. Yeah, it was great, great talking awesome. to you. Yep. And I'm really glad that Peter put us in touch. Yes. 
Peter for the win. Thank you, right? Peter. That'll be the we end of the podcast. Thing. Thank you, Peter. No. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, have All a good right. night. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Really a blast talking with Hannah today on the podcast. It was so cool to hear her stories about her Nordic skiing past and her time at Harvard, and especially how her art career is really growing. Again, make sure to stop by her site on Instagram with mountains in mind. Do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandarich podcast. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms or check out our websites. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time when we talk with musician, Fox Sports baseball announcer, New York Yankee special assistant, all-star, World Series champion, 12-year Major League Baseball vet, plus the bonus that he played at The Ohio State University, Nick Swisher. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body, and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.